Hi, I'm Crystal, the parenting coach. Parenting is the thing that some of us just expected to know how to do. It's not like other areas of your life where you go to school to be taught, get on the job training, or have mentors to help you learn. Now you can get that help here. I believe that your relationship with your children is one of the most important aspects of your life and the best way that you can make a positive impact on the world and on the future. I've made parental relationships my life study and use life coaching tools with connection-based parenting to build amazing relationships between parents and their children. If you want an even better relationship with your child, this podcast will help you. Take my parenting quiz. The link is in the show notes. Once we know what your parenting style is, I'll give you some tips tailored to you and a roadmap to help you get the most out of my podcast. I invite you to help me spread the word by sharing your favorite episode on social media or with a friend. Habits for women and not getting stuck in perfectionism. Monica Packer is passionate about teaching practical but deep transformation. As a podcaster and coach, she guides women to find sustainable growth by adopting progress over perfection. Monica is a former middle school teacher, a forever Oprah fangirl, a perpetual cookie dough maker, and an ambitious walker. Last one is a joke, sort of. You can find more about Monica at aboutprogress.com and by listening to her podcast, About Progress. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited to be here again. I'm excited again too, because you're my first repeat guest. (laughs) It feels crazy that I've had my podcast around for this long that I can like actually have somebody on again. But um, Monica and I um, had a conversation that was awesome about a year ago, just, just under a year ago. And it was such a great conversation. And I saw her posting on Instagram recently about more about habits and habits and um, just how we do them differently as females and so I wanted to really get on and have a conversation about that. Before we dig into habits and all the things, I'd love for you just to reintroduce yourself. Just tell our guests kind of what you do and also a little bit about how you got into doing this in the first place. Sure. So I'm primarily known as a podcaster at About Progress. And it's a personal development podcast and community that is focused on growth outside of perfectionism which is uh, all going back to my own path of really being uh, bound by perfectionism and both types. And there's the whole spectrum of it, but there's the overachieving and underachieving kind and everything Mm -hmm. in between. And I was all of the above and trying to find a new way to grow and to also find myself again outside of, you know, perfectionism and shoulds. And a large part of that was actually spurred by how I recognized I wasn't showing up to motherhood mm. as myself, that I was um, someone different and it wasn't someone I liked either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having those moments is what helped me see that I was stuck and I was lost and I was still on the sidelines of my life um, because of perfectionism and working back to find myself again to grow, to develop myself, to support myself better. I mean, the biggest why behind that was so that I could show up as the mom I wanted to be and that I knew I could be. And that's, of course, an ever ongoing path Mm -hmm. of of constantly working on yourself and also working on your parenting. But I can say with confidence, you know, almost seven years later after I started this, that I am far more myself as a parent than I was seven years ago. And I am so much more fulfilled by motherhood and um, feel really confident in my parenting. And and it all goes back to this this root of progress over perfection, even with getting to know myself and support myself. 
Oh, that is so good. And exactly what we talk about on this podcast. I'm so glad that I had you on here. Um, But yeah, it is like, that was my journey also. Just kind of like finding like, this is not, I'm not parenting in the way that I always thought that I would and that I wanted to. And like, it was so unaligned that I just felt so much dissonance all the time between like who I viewed myself as as and who I was showing up as. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love for you to, before we dig into the next question, talk a little bit about perfectionism. Like if somebody's on the podcast and they're like, but what does that actually like look like? Like if they don't really know that term. A lot of people automatically think perfectionism looks like someone who has it all together. Mm -hmm. And it's almost always the opposite. They They might appear to have it together. There's that type and they do not inside. Um, or they are this on the sidelines version They They don't have their lives together because they're only going for this all of the all or nothing model that we've been taught our whole mm-hmm. lives. And that we've, we've, um, internalized, mm-hmm. uh, as the way to grow and to be better. And so that's a big, that's a big thing that you're asking right there, because if for, if it looks different for every person, but the root of it is holding up a shield of, I, you know, I call it the shield of perfectionism and actually comes from Brene uh, Brown's work too, but mm-hmm. it's holding up the shield that basically prevents you from being seen and seeing others. Mm-hmm. And it's all based in this fear of not being enough. Either way you slice it, you are basing your worth on your outcomes, whether they're the outcomes you are working so hard to get and they'll never be good enough just as a spoiler alert yep. or the outcomes you think are representative of how awful of a human you are. You're misplacing your identity as your outcomes. Yeah. We really tie our self-worth to productivity. I think so much so as women, we're just like, if we do things that are amazing, then, you know, we're, we feel better about ourselves when we have a bad day and we don't do all the things we feel bad about ourselves. And like what you said, like, it's never enough. Our brain Mm -hmm. will never intentionally just be like, okay, you finally reached enoughness. You can feel good about yourself just on its own. Yeah. Yeah. You never arrive. Um, and owning that for many, a uh, new recovering perfectionist is really kind of depressing, like a depressing thought. Like, you mean I never arrive? I never get there. Mm-hmm. But as you really embrace that limitation, like that you will never arrive, it changes the game for you because not only can you choose mm-hmm. progress over perfection and actually grow exponentially more that way, which I would say I 100% have, but also like it's exciting. Like your your potential becomes limitless. Yeah. And you, and because like, there is no arrive, then like, you're already there. You're like, oh wait, like, this is it. Like I'm here already. And like, I don't need to become a totally different person to like, love myself and accept myself. One of the biggest lessons that has come from the last seven years is for me that the transformation lies in the process, Mm -hmm. not the outcome. It's not the outcome or even lack of an income of an outcome that, transforms me that makes it all worth it that helps me to be the person I want to be it's the the process of getting yeah. there it's so much more about the journey and we're just like when we get to there then I can feel good about myself but that goalpost is constantly changing we get closer to it and we're like oh no 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 when i reach that like business goal or when i reach that whatever goal or when i reach that weight or when i exercise every day for 30 days then i'll feel good yeah. about myself but you the closer you get to it your brain just starts shifting that and is like but you should actually do it for longer you should actually get more and it, you never actually arrive to that like feeling of relief of like yep everything is okay and good in the world. 
Yeah, you're you're nailing it. And one one thing that is really interesting about this too is that um when you know we talked about accepting it, but there are there are circumstances that do matter too. Like it's not an either or thing. It's not just the transformation in the process, but it's also like recognizing there are factors in my life that do need to improve mm-hmm. so that I can feel more supported as I'm working through this process. So that um I and some of it can be just purely like like I said, circumstantial, like financial or, you know, um, a child that really needs help and you need mm-hmm. support and you need to hire a coach or a therapist, but it can be as simple as you having a habit <laughs> that you need so that you can be again, more supported as you're working through the process too. Yeah. It's totally both, right? It's like, here, I'm going to hold myself and I'm going to love myself and I'm going to believe in my value and my worth and like do the healing that's necessary but also how can I support myself during this? Like what systems Mm -hmm. and processes and people can I have around me to help me in that journey? Because you can't just like go heal yourself without anything. (laughs) No help, no support, no guidance. It'll just take a really long time. (laughs) Yes. It will take take a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thank you for, thank you for indulging me in that because I love talking about perfectionism. And I often like, I think in like the coaching, podcasting, self-help world, we use a lot of terminology that we kind of just take for granted that everybody knows. Like I was talking to somebody about people pleasing the other day and they're like, what is that? And I was like, huh. oh, yeah, I guess that's yeah. not like, not everybody just talks about perfectionism all the time. So <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I yeah. need to think about, more about that. Um, okay. So my first question for you is I would love to talk about habits and I want to talk first about what habit, like how habits have been taught more traditionally or like mm-hmm. what we think of as habits being in the way that they've kind of always been taught forever um, before we dig into some different ways to think about habits. So I actually want to tie this to something I think your audience knows really well. And I know really well too, is when you come into parenting, you have ways that you just know are the way to parent, like how to get your kids on schedules, how to help them sleep better, how to raise them. So Um, They're not entitled how to have allowances. Like, you know, you have these just like built-in ideas of what Mm -hmm. it should look like. And for many of us in parenting, especially if you have kids with unique needs or unique personalities, you find that the books and the rule books and the internalized prescriptions and shoulds aren't working in real time. Mm -hmm. And then you blame yourself Mm -hmm. because you just think, well, I'm not doing this right, or it just must be something especially broken about me, that these like amazing expert research-led methods for parenting aren't working for me. But hopefully, you know, if they're listening to the show, I'm hopefully uh, hoping that they have gotten to this point. You come to realize that there's other ways and that there's different ways and they are more tailored designed to your life and your child's life and how unique and different that is than maybe all the research that they had backed their parenting techniques on. Um, I definitely felt that way with one child in particular. I have two kids with uh, special needs in particular, but one especially is um, neurotypical. I have one that's um, neuro neurodiverse, but um, he's neurotypical and he is my most challenging child. And it's mostly because of the emotional variance and discipline has to look different for him. And that has been really difficult to wrap our heads around. But once we fully owned that, then he's become, I would say a different kid, but actually it's more, he's become himself. Mm. So with that lens in mind, 
That's what's going on with habit formation. Now I could give you uh, at least a 20 minute spill on all the ways we've been taught, like how habits are supposed to like habit formation, mm-hmm. but to distill it down to one example, the one I like to use is just asking a simple question. And the question is how long does it take to form a habit? And everyone, everyone I've ever asked this question to has a number in mind. Days. How many did you days. say? 28 days. 28. Yeah. So most people say 21, 28, or even 100 days. Okay. Okay. Because some research shows that, right? Yes. This is an example of a habit formation method that we've all internalized and we're trying to follow that for most women do not work because it relies on 100% rigid consistency, a kind of consistency that we as women cannot rely on in the way that it's taught. So the fundamental part of why this example, why it doesn't work for women is because the way they define consistency is wrong for us. And and so that really, and I, and I could teach you all about that, but I think if we can just use that as an example, and I want you to then open yourself up and then think about the connections to parenting that you've already experienced in your life about how there's some fear in, in letting go of these old methods, uh, especially because they work for some people, or at least mm-hmm. in our minds, we think everybody, it works for everybody. Yes, It does not. I'm telling you, I've got <laughs> thousands of podcast listeners and hundreds of women I've coached on this that can tell you you're not alone and these methods not working for you. And I actually have research backed reasons on why that is. But if that one example can just free you up to just know, huh, maybe there's a possibility that these me- these methods, they might be so popular. There's all these books on them. And believe me, I read them all and they're research backed and people are talking about them all the time, but they aren't right for me. If you can open yourself up to that, then I think you're going to begin to see like the power in doing things differently and that that's something you can do. And in doing it differently, you're going to also find that you're not to blame as much as you thought you were. And even that shift alone opens up so many doors for women, especially, um, oh, I guess and say, including habit formation. Hey, this is really fascinating because I talk a lot on my podcast about doing things in a different way, like, and like kind of like leaning into, you know, cycles, like cycle tracking. We had a couple of podcast episodes on that or just like more feminine energy versus masculine energy. So, but I'm struggling to understand. So I'm like, okay, if I give up the idea that I have to be consistent to achieve a goal, let's just use like movement, for instance, like I want to try to exercise every day or whatever. And in my mind, that looks like it has to be at the same day and the same time and like the same kind of workout or some sort of rotational schedule of working out. Um, that if I give up that idea of consistency, that I'll still be able to achieve the outcome that I want, which is to like be more fit. So let's level on this consistency piece because the truth is habits do still live and die by consistency, but we've been taught consistency wrong. And so let's start by just redefining what consistency is. This is obviously my definition, but again, I have lots of experience and work to back this up. Mm-hmm. Consistency, maybe this is a definition you can open yourself up to. Consistency is doing your best most of the time over time. Mm. And there's two factors here that make it especially applicable to women. Okay. One is your best. Your best is allowed to change. It's allowed to change season to season. And I mean that literally or figuratively, like from summer to fall, 
your best mm-hmm. is going to look different. My habits are different in the summer than they are in the fall, the same habits. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they have some flexibility in there, but they also, my best can change day to day. You talked about cycle tracking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, honoring that cycle tracking means that you also have to have flexibility with your habits so that you can honor what your body needs. Right. Yeah. Um, but even just having circumstances come up, like a kid getting sick or, you know, um, a new sports season starting, you know, kids up all night, things like that. Your best is allowed to, ch- to change. So it means it needs, it, it's allowed to be flexible. Okay. And I can teach you more about specifically what that mm-hmm. needs to look like. The other factor though, here is most of the time over time. So again, the old model of consistency, 28 days, same workout routine, mm-hmm. same time, same intensity, right? Mm-hmm. So we already talked about the intensity and like the how piece with the flexibility, but also with the timing there, we're still shooting for most of the time. Uh, that means, you know, four out of seven days of the week, or can even be half the time, honestly, and that still counts mm-hmm. as most, but doing that, that is having the consistency you need that does create a habit and it creates the consistency you need to then build on it too. So that flexibility piece is always there, but so are, so is a baseline version of this that we can talk about too, so that you, you always have it in place in some way. And that most of time version is the always part too. Like it, it literally doesn't have to be seven out of seven days a week, but most of the time and having that freedom actually helps you get more of the most of the time instead of less of the most of the time mm-hmm. because of the both the flexibility and this idea of release. Like it doesn't have to be every single day I'm doing this perfectly. Um hopefully that made sense. I knew I just threw a lot at you. Yeah. And no, I had like I a thought, but now tell I lost me, it. Tell me more about the baseline thing. Cause that that totally yeah. makes sense. And I think that also releasing that because I think lots of times I'm sure that mo- people are like me also I'm not the only one saying this is that it's like Oh, I only did it twice this week. And so then the next week I'm like, oh, well, it's not, you know, I didn't, Mm -hmm. might as well throw it out the window, right? That all or nothing thinking like it's not working or I'll never be consistent. So I think releasing the idea of what consistency means can be helpful in actually empowering us to keep going at that habit for sure. Um, But I'd love to hear more about like how you could set up a baseline here. Okay. So this is another part of how we're taught habits wrong. We're taught, you know, you decide what the habit is you decide when you're starting, you decide Mm -hmm. for how many days you're going to install it until it's there. What we are missing there is that we are starting with the ideal version, a best of day kind of version. We're starting with what we want and we need those ideals. We do. And so we're not saying don't have them, but that's not where you start. That's one of the biggest mistakes we make with habit formation and routine and systems too, is we're starting with the ideal. Now, if you want your best best likelihood of actually getting to the ideal instead of reaching for the ideal, which I call like the high line, you know, mm-hmm. the high, uh, the high of what you want, you start with a base, the a baseline version of it. A baseline version of a habit is the smallest and simplest version of the ideal that you can do on your worst of day. Mm-hmm. The day that your cycle needs you to, or the kids need you to, or just a, a hard depression period, you know, like mm-hmm. this summer I was really sick with morning sickness yeah. and some of my habits I let go of during the summer, like journaling for myself, just went to the wayside strength training time to let that go. But almost all my other personal supportive habits stayed the entire four months that I was basically couch ridden. And 
I'm still sick, but not like that, right? But they were able to stick around because of these baselines. And because I had those baseline versions of these habits, when I started to feel better, like a couple, like a month ago or a couple weeks ago, I've been able to build back up towards the ideal version far faster, far easier because of that baseline version. And because that baseline version was there, I was able to hit that most of the time target. And I'm talking like six days out of seven, if not Mm -hmm. seven out of seven. So the two really do work hand in hand. If you're struggling to keep a habit, if you're only able to do it sporadically, um, you're not able to get most days. It's most often because you don't have a baseline version. You're only having the ideal in mind. So start with that baseline version of the habit. And it's always there for you on the days where you you can't meet halfway or even to the ideal that you want. The hope here though, let me tell you one thing. I remember the thought I was going to bring in. Mm-hmm. The baseline is not where you end up. It's always just the starting place and the go back to place, you know, the, the fallback, right? The great thing about having a baseline though, is you can install a new habit in a couple of days, literally in a couple of days. You don't have to do it for 21, 28, 100 days. Yeah. To build a new habit. You can have that new habit in just a few days if you have a good enough baseline. And from there, you will build far quicker than you would ever expect otherwise. Okay. So one thing I want to mention about baseline, because this came to me as you were as you were speaking, was like, is like, what is the most important for me? Like, what are my like core, right? So when everything else went out the window for you, you were like, these are my core things. So for yeah. me, I'm thinking, okay, I do have a core daily practice. Like I always mm-hmm. do some sort of devotional. I always do, do some sort of like breathing or meditation. And so like, what are my baseline there? And how can I create a baseline? And I immediately knew like, oh, for movement for me, it would be even just doing like, you know, 10 minutes of like stretching yoga poses in the morning. Perfect example. Yes. And, but how does it, so my next follow-up question would be then how do we build from that baseline? Most of the time this happens quite organically because you do start with a vision in mind. Mm -hmm. So you know where you're headed. It's not just like this aimless wandering. Mm -hmm. And with most women, it just happens organically because once you have a baseline, another part of this is you also have momentum. So instead of waiting for the energy to do something like that we usually say is discipline or motivation, yeah, having a baseline gets you in movement, which often in the moment or at other times of the day, help you feel like you have more energy to give. So even if you don't hit the full ideal, you might naturally be like, well, I did one minute of deep breathing instead mm-hmm. of my full 10 minute meditation. That is my ideal. You do that minute and you think I can do another minute mm-hmm. and you do another minute. So maybe you still don't hit the, the ideal, but you're building naturally. And, and so with that organic version, here's another bit of hope for the women listening is what is so cool about baselines is they also rise up. So you have an ideal, right? Your highs are, are still highs, right? But what's cool is that as, you're, as your highs stick around, your lows also get higher too. So your baselines change. So an example for this for me is with journaling, my baseline version when I was trying to finally get back into journaling after years of not doing it because of the all or nothing version I had in my head that Mm -hmm. I was holding myself to, which made me more of a nothing. Yeah. My baseline version initially was to just write one incomplete sentence. Mm. Okay. And now my baseline is I write like a small paragraph and I can do that on my, on, on my worst of days. Now I said this summer that habit it was time to say goodbye to that habit, right? But 
I was able to jump back on that baseline really easily back. And so now I do that most days of the week. I write just a small paragraph and sometimes it turns into a couple paragraph and other times a page or, or two pages. So organically is one. And then I'm going to keep this brief. The other way is more intentional. And this is where you decide what that looks like. And you either maximize the habit. So you do more of it or more intensely. So with exercise, your example, it could be um, you you do 15 minutes of stretching or 20 minutes yeah. um, or, or yoga moves or whatever it is you do. That's more of it, maximizing it. Or you can add to it. And that's doing another habit alongside it, but they kind of go together. So maybe for you, it's 10 minutes of stretching and you're ready to add on. So you do a 10 minute walk too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot more to this <laughs> that I explain more in my in my course that I have called the sticky habit method. And it's a, it's a method for women, but that is that's the whole premise of 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 what I teach there, adding or maximizing. Okay. I love that. We're going to have a link to that also for those of you that are listening and are loving this conversation. And you're like, yep, I want to learn more about this. Um, I love what you talk about with most days because whenever you said that, I felt like, oh, so she doesn't do it every day and it's still a habit. Like it almost feels like even just hearing it that way feels more empowering. Like I could, I can do, I can do it. I can do my baseline and I can do it most days and it can then be a habit. 100%. And another factor to this too is your life doesn't have to be totally bound by habits all day, every day to be a habit person. I'm a habit expert. You know, I've read everything you can think of for habit formation. I have studied it. I have um, been trained in it, especially. I've done research on it with my clients for years. And you would see someone, and if you like watch me through a day, you would see like my supportive habits that I always have for myself and the baseline versions of them at the morning and the night. But someone who is very flexible during the day, mm-hmm. who's able to respond to the varying needs that happen differently each day because of those supportive habits in place. It doesn't take too much to be more supported. And you don't have to be, the habits don't have to be a ball and chain that you live your whole life by all day, every day. Yeah. I love that because I'm not, I don't know if you know much about personality types, but my personality type is like, Enneagram 7, human design manifesting generator. I'm very like flowy. And so when I started getting into habits, I was like, this is not who I am. This is against my personality. Like I just felt so, so opposite. But you're right. Like if I look at my life, I do have habits. I work every Monday and Thursday. I have like a start time and an end time. I have like Mm -hmm. my morning devotional. I have my evening thing that I do. Like there are things that we have, but we also having those supportive habits allow me, allows me to be way more flexible during the day and just mm-hmm. decide that I'm going to go randomly on like a, you know, last minute hike or something or like play some game with my kids because I have lots of open-ended hours of time where I don't have something scheduled. And a lot of what we do um as women especially is we put out fires a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of our responsibilities are urgent in nature. They require us and like literally us <laughs> to show up and not because we're just like um, raising spoiled children is just the nature of our responsibilities. And this is for women who work and don't work, by the way, this is all mm-hmm. women. This is even for women who don't have children. Um, and I can say more on that and about where they can find out more about it. But because of that, like, that that's also part of the flexibility. Like you can, you can respond in real time uh, to mm-hmm. what's going on in your life and show up to meet these very flexible and also demanding um, fires. <laughs> 
that you're going to yeah. have all the time, but be stronger, you know, and, and do it more as yourself, which is the ultimate goal of, mm-hmm. of why I, I told you I got into this work. It's the relationships, honestly. And it's the same thing with habit formation, having, having these, I never intended to get into habits. Believe me, it was not something I like set out to do and put on a vision board and work towards it. It, it, it was all tied to this deeper work I was doing of trying to show up as myself to do my responsibilities. And we can replace responsibilities there with relationships. I already said that's what has improved my motherhood is, is being myself and supporting myself. Habits are very much a part of that. Okay. I love that. And I love how you said it's like, that's not the end goal. The end goal is to be more of yourself. And yeah. I think that is the end goal of all this, right? Like self-help and psychology and coaching and therapy and all the things that we talk about is so that we can get to a space where we have permission to just be more of us. And then yeah. that's how we can benefit the world and ourselves and our families and all of those things is if we allow ourselves to be more of us. So, And even that's actually where I start with habit formation. So in that sticky habit method course I mentioned, where we start is figuring out what are the shoulds, the internalized expectations they have about habit formation? Mm-hmm. Like what are what are they bringing to the table? Like what kind of habit baggage? We all have a habit story. But as part of that, it's getting really clear about what habits are actually for. Mm-hmm. And when you give yourself permission to make them about supporting yourself rather than being about you know, the prescriptions and the shoulds, which by the way, shoulds can be chosen. But when you give yourself that permission to make them about you and how to be more of you, that it's, it's, it can't be understated how important that is in, in successfully forming habits because they're about you. They're not about Sally down the street or so-and-so on the news or that bestseller that you read and what they say makes a good person, what habits they say you need to have in place you're allowed to have you as part of your habit formation process. Like that's the whole foundation. Which makes so much sense when you say it, but it's easy for us to be like looking at others and being like, no, but I should do it like them. But I feel like everything I talk about on the podcast is so like intuition and like you yeah. and like what feels good for you. And I, anyways, I think this is a perfect place to end because yeah. I love the idea of like, just be more you. Like that's that's what it yeah. is. And that habits can be part of that. It doesn't have to be so opposite of like your inherent nature. And I think if you open yourself up to, you know, seeing habits differently and doing them differently, then you'll be able to experience that, that we've been talking about. I love that. I love that. Thank you for opening up my mind and for having this lovely conversation on the podcast for, with us today. Yeah. And do you mind if I share about the resource I mentioned a few times? Sure. I talked about the actual course, but yeah. um, I've talked about, you know, we, we've talked about this too, about doing things differently. We talked mm-hmm. about with parenting and habit formation. So I have a class where I spend 45 minutes teaching the research science-backed reasons why women particularly must do habits differently. And uh, it's... It's called the number one reason why women must do habits differently. It's a free class and I would love for them to go and watch it. And more so, so it goes back to what we talked about. Knowing better so you can do better here. Like just knowing like you don't need to blame yourself and Mm -hmm. that the methods you've been using is wrong will free you to not just do better, but to do things differently. So they can sign up at that uh, for that free class at aboutprogress.com slash habit class. And that's singular habit, habit class. Okay, perfect. That sounds so good. I'm totally going to check that out. I will definitely have a link um, in the show notes for anyone that wants to listen. And also, do you want to just let us know how people can connect with you? 
I think the number one place to go is my podcast. Since they're already listening to one, just tap on over yeah. to search for about progress and listen to a few episodes. And hopefully it's in your it's in your wheelhouse and helpful enough that you'd like to subscribe to. Yeah. It's great. So go check it out. Thank you so much, Monica. Oh, I enjoy this so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to help spread this work to the world, share this episode on social media and tag me. Send it to a friend or leave a quick rating and review below so more people can find me. If you'd like more guidance on your own parenting journey, reach out.